Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Down here in the fiery pits of the rugby dungeon. Um, and here we are for another podcast. Who's. I cannot, I still cannot get my head around anyone that would just think about taking the summer off. I, lazy. Lazy. Well, no, I'm looking forward to this because whilst there's not so much actual rugby to talk about, although no, there still is some. It means we can talk about rugby, though. That means so many, there's so many things we can really get our teeth into. And to that to that extent, we've uh, we've already got some great questions and stuff in on Twitter. So at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us. There we're streaming on YouTube. We're in the Rugby Dungeon. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Timothy. And that's Phil. Hello, Tim. Right. So much to talk about today. I'm just going to dive straight in on where we where we kind of put put it at the end of last well, week's podcast. Hang on. Before you do, yeah, before on. you do, I have got a question for you, which is not based around rugby. Well, then, but it's based around your other job. Okay. Right. So, which other job? I have been going down the rabbit hole. Of YouTube, as you might imagine, that right. is. Yeah. And there's three people I've been watching interviews by, which will shock you because, you, it, well, it just will. So number, so number one, Dana White. I cannot get enough of Dana, of Dana White in Dana White interviews. I wish we had a Dana White in uh, in rugby mouthing off to, mouthing off to everyone. That that'd be amazing. So that's UFC. UFC's Dana White. Dana White. That would be instead of like. You know, every every week there's a worthy campaign. I just want someone going around shouting at shouting at people. In terms of actual, in terms of professional skill, one thing I've just noticed, Phil, you do it so naturally. You think about our listener and provide context <laughs> when necessary. <laughs> so he just went, "You mean UFC's Dana White, yes. JB? Was, he's such a generous podcaster." Now the cool. other one that I've been watching, uh, um, one is Eddie Hearn, and the other one is non is Noel Gallagher. Now I I do not care for music one bit. I cannot stop listening to Noel Gallagher interviews. He's bloody brilliant. He's amazing. Have have you ever have you ever interviewed him? He's co-hosted the breakfast show. Has he on 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 my breakfast show on XFM? I bet that day. was good fun. It was amazing. He's so <laughs> bloody funny. It was amazing. I've I've done the same with Liam Gallagher a number of times as well. Noel doesn't give a damn. I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> and it's it's you know linking this to rugby. It's I'm hoping and. The, the sort of censorious outrage mob uh, that there is are gradually whittling down the willingness of rugby players to be like that. Yeah. And more, more's the pity. 
Yeah, well, I, I don't know why why I started watching Noel Gallagher interviews, but that's it, I'm hooked now. He could be a comedian. He's, he actually could. He's got such so natural funny. timing, he is, he is so funny. Uh, yeah, sorry, crack on. No, I, I mentioned the censorious outrage mob. We talked about it towards the end of last week's podcast. We can very brief, briefly just strike off and get through the Israel Falau update. The latest, Phil? Uh, well, shortly after we recorded last week, his GoFundMe um, account got taken down. Um <laughs> Because their statement was it breached the it just, ter- yeah. terms and conditions. Yeah, they found a, a loophole in their terms and conditions. Uh, within a day or so, he had another a, a pro-Christian um, funding page. Australian up. Christian lobby, yep. I think it's called. Yeah. Or something it, like that. 20,000 people donated. Well, in, in, 20, in 24 hours of that being live... He'd already surpassed his previous so, total, and they had they shut it at the point they shut it down after three days. I think. Yeah. He got triple the amount by double the people in half the time. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Amazing. If you want to create a monster, that's how you do it. Yeah, because so. you're actually putting people who probably weren't supporting him originally. Like I, I had no sympathy. I said that last yeah. week. No sympathy at all, and I actually felt. I wouldn't say sorry for him, but I, I was, it's I was, unjust, I was, isn't it? yeah, I, I was the the ability to take away his right to just air his opinion yeah. and defend himself. I, I thought that was totally or unjust. to ask for voluntary donations. <laughs> yeah, totally it, voluntary. It's so funny, it's so funny because you, um, you can't. It's undeniable, isn't it? So now it'd be a case of every time that someone donated or you know this number grows and grows and grows. It's no longer he's raising money. Oh, he's taking advantage of poor fools. I mean, they can't possibly have made their own their own decision. And the the worst part about it is, like, they they've actually made him worse. They could have got rid of him by just saying, "Yeah, that's Israel. He's a little bit fringe, like a little bit nuts," and uh, we just never mention him again. But they made him into some bloody hero now, and he was never he- a hero. He he isn't a hero. No, he's not. No, he's definitely not a hero. No, he's, no, he's not. Well, it's more than that. They, they've a bunch of tools. They, they've made him into a kind of hero scapegoat victim. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and, and no good guys in the whole no, thing. And they've also really put themselves at odds with a huge number of rugby union players. A huge number of uh, Fijian and Tongan. Absolutely. Uh, Samoan rub- uh, uh, rugby players? Yes, most certainly. When they could have reiterated their what their values are, what their stance is, without alienating. They, they, well, they could have shown a lot of love and compassion for those people. It's still renewed his contract. Anyway. And um, that's, that's what I find really interesting because a lot of people, uh, one of the things that's said a lot, um, is is because they're concerned about the safety of of gay people or th- people that are confused about their sexuality. sexuality. And if mm-hmm. if Israel Folau's views were actually a danger to people, then I would have thought the focus of people w- with that genuine concern would be about changing those beliefs. Instead, it's just about bloodlust on it, one guy. Exactly. And and Rugby Australia can do whatever they want as they, as they have done, and as may well be may well be upholded in court, uh, upheld in court. But I just I believe in free speech and free expression, not because I like the idea of people shouting horrible things at each other, but because the more you hear bad, fringy, outlier ideas, which is exactly as you say what Israel flowers are, the more you realise that is an outlier, fringy, yeah. bad idea, and sunlight is the best disinfectant, and it would have got smaller and smaller and smaller. Instead, Rugby Australia and, and the outrage mob on Twitter have just made it bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's I, I would say that is idiotic. Yeah, wait. Way to crush your own car. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well good. said, Tim. Is Israel Falau's done? Yes. yes. Good. Should we talk about something a bit more positive? Yes. Should we talk about our live show for 
30 seconds. Oh, yes. It's, it's going brilliantly. Thank you so much to everyone who's already already signed up to come along. We're, we're looking forward to a great day on Saturday, the 7th of September, the, the, the day after England play Italy. So I, I imagine there's probably some people that are going to be watching England v Italy at Twickenham, staying in Twickenham, and then coming to, well, not just our live show, but a whole day of live shows uh, run by podcastlive.com. Uh, and yeah, rugby takes centre stage in Twickenham's East Stand, with shows starting at 10 in the morning. Our live podcast is at midday, going on all day long with some... Uh, what, what we're we... not podcasting all day long. We're not. Yeah, good. No, we're going to be in the bar. And, yep. uh, well, we're going to have a little snoop around Twickenham, see if we can... Do you, do you, would you prefer to go for beers or Negronis afterwards in Twickenham? Happy Negroni week, by the way, gents. Happy Negroni week, everyone, yeah, quite. <laughs> 100 years. So this live podcast, because, again, this is overdue because we couldn't do the Tier 2 tour yep. this year. Uh, so this Sorry, is our guys. this is our tier two tour belatedly World Cup preview launching JB's bid to be an RFU councillor. Yep, councillor committee. Yeah, member, whatever, whatever it is. The guys, the guys with the expenses. I want the expenses <laughs> <laughs> and a Negroni party at Twickenham. We want you to come along. We would love to see you there to join loads of people that have already signed up. It's going to be a really good day, a full day, and this is how to start a World Cup. The day England fly off, we'll be at Twickenham to uh, to preview the biggest rugby show on earth so podcastlive.com get your tickets put us as your preferred podcast you'll be guaranteed a seat uh, you'll be one of our vip guests there and we'll, t- we'll make sure you're well taken care of podcastlive.com excellent uh lesser tigers are up for sale yeah did not see that one coming neither did you for someone who every every few weeks <laughs> says there's gonna, there's gonna be a big and monday morning it. meeting with tigers. <laughs> I believe it yeah they're up for sale what do you make of it I don't really know. Um, what does this say? What, what message does this send about? Is, is there a is there a bigger message, or is this just about the club? Um, it's an interesting question that because I think there is there's a bigger message that the game is becoming more valuable, and with uh, CVC um, having a look at Premier Rugby and the enormous figures that were talked about this the 6.1 billion pounds that was talked about for the mm. global game the world rugby proposal mm. i think it is becoming a bigger and bigger game so that's that's that is one side i think it, this has a nod to that the other side is from the leicester side which is a recognition that all the things and the way that their club was operated over a number of years that led to all of their successes all of the consecutive uh, knockout stages finals all of the premiership wins the landscape has changed. And I think this, to me, signals a, uh, a recognition of that fact and an intention to do something different from, from the Leicester side. That's interesting. They have, um, they have uh, addressed a few glaring issues, though, which is good to see. They're, they're not a club like with one owner, like a lot no, of premiership a, clubs, are uh, they? There's like a handful of them. So there is a guy who's like, like 46%. It's Scott someone or other. Mm. Uh, and then uh, Tom, Tom Scott, yep. who owns 46%. Uh, and I'm sure that what's his name owns some shares as well, Peter Tom, and the rest are in a trust. I think for yeah. the fans, I think something like that. But they have solved a glaring issue, which is uh, important for them. Uh, they've added two two new members of management. <laughs> uh, John McGinty fine, finally came over. He was the guy who signed a lot of good guys for Worcester back in the day. I think he's working at the working at the SRU. And they've appointed Pat Howard as a mentor of some sort. So it'll be interesting, won't it, when the finance guys come in and say, yeah, there's 60 million. Just talk us through your management structure. How, like, how does this work? <laughs> so all, all fun and you'll, games. You'll need, um, you'll need like, 
Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind or Matt Damon in uh, in Goodwill Hunting to come and explain that one. Or the guy from The Hangover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he's, uh, I can't remember what, what casino game he's playing, but yeah. They must have an astounding amount of non-playing staff there. An astounding amount. Mind you, it is, it is a big... No, they, non-playing rugby staff, not commercial. Non-playing rugby staff. But non-playing rugby staff is important as mm. long as they're correctly utilised. Like Saracens, when you see the Saracens behind-the-scenes guys, there's a whole host of, not just the strength and conditioning guys, the yeah. academy coaches, the um, physios and the doc- team docs and that side of thing, but the analysts and the performance analysts so and all that side. So what it, I can it's remember, important. Sail Sharks have one analyst. Uh, they have, obviously, Steve, Steve Diamond. They have what, two coaches, three coaches if you include... Uh, Dorian West, which I don't know why I wouldn't include Dorian West. Dorian and West, Anglesey. Oh, Anglesey, that would be a fourth. But the thing De- is, you um, what's his name? Deacon, Deacon Warshaw. Yeah. But the thing is, you've only got you can only, you've only got a certain amount of hours in the, in the day anyway, so you can't have access to all your players all of the time. Does well, that make sense? Sale are old school, though. Of course, they're going to have a small number of coaches. Yeah. yeah. But high quality coaches. Well, it's who sets the vision and who, in in rugby terms or in business terms, and they can be different people or it can be the same people, but there has to be that clarity of who is setting the vision. And that's where Leicester have really appeared a bit rudderless in that it doesn't appear that there's been that, that's where we're heading. In the way that you look at the Saracens model. You couldn't say this is the sort of game they want to play. No, or what Rob Baxter has, has set up with his... You know, from from top to bottom of the club, it all kind of there's a synergy and it all works together. Like even I would say, you know, in my role, um, working for BT Sport, you can see the the, the clear amazing synergy that that Exeter as a club have, and Saracens to be fair, mm. where the, the the relationship between their head of media and 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 the coaching staff and the it's it's um, you can see that they are the two best clubs, and that that filters down even to that level. The kind of they, 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 they're already one step ahead yeah. of, of where I'm thinking. They, they already know, and they're already solving problems that haven't appeared yet. Mm. It's um, yeah, they, they, you can t- you can tell they're special clubs, top to bottom. Yeah, well, I don't know what Les Tigers are going to do. I know what I've said. I do. I'd basically fire the whole lot make, or make everyone reapply for their jobs. Effectively. Well, they cleared. They have cleared the decks. They got rid of. I can't remember how many. It was more than ten. Players. Play, players. No, I'm yeah. talking staff. Well, the, the staff is another thing, isn't it? Yeah. Now, they, they have brought in Pat Howard, and that's an interesting one. Cause that's, so he's he's in a mentoring role for um, Jordan Murphy. Yep. And that signals their intent to stick with Jordan Murphy, but also it recognises that he is by no means the finished article, either as a head coach uh, or a director why, I mean, of rugby. I know we've spoken about this, and this is why I hate it so much, because... I, you know, by all means, give Jordan Murphy a crack. No one's saying don't do that. But on the other hand, you know, if he's going to run the ship, let him run. Like, let him run the ship. Don't then put in you know um, Mike Ford around him, and then you bring in someone well, else. Jordan around Murphy him. said he was consulted and positive about what, that. What would you say? Well, I'm just saying what Jordan Murphy said. I don't want. To, I, I don't want. I don't want to work with Mike Ford. I can't believe Mike Ford's here. This is a joke. <laughs> I intend. To, I, yeah, he's, he's got to say what he's got to say. So, and by the way, not there's anything wrong with Mike Ford. I think Mike Ford will be a great addition, but you know it's all very piecemeal. Well, they said they've done. They said they've started pre-season in a way that they didn't last year, because because 
a lot of the players felt they they arrived at the season undercooked. Mm. And the way that, was that the an way amazing that, comment. Yeah, the way that the preseason has started suggests that that they are they have learned that lesson. Although they won't have their single most important player for a significant chunk of it in George Ford. No, because he is with England. God, I mean, if you thought, thought he struggled, well, he will like, be with England. Yeah, if they st- struggled last year with him, God knows what this outfit's going to look like without him. I mean, he he was by far the best player. Him, Guy Thompson, when he was fit, yeah, Guy Thompson was superb. But um, Ford was he is so important to that team. Yeah, they're going to have actually loads of players missing because <coughs> all their signings, of course, will be c- coming from the World Cup. We can we can get into this at a much later date. Yeah. England, uh, England have announced a, an, a second training squad. Okay. Well, yeah, they've just updated a few yes. players. So they've brought in, so they've not yet considered the Saracens and Exeter boys, which will make up a significant chunk of that squad, which will, that will make up at least 10, probably more players. Um, probably more like 15. They've, so they've brought in five guys this week. Okay. They brought in uh, Courtney Laws. Nice. And Piers Francis from Northampton. Okay. They brought in Will Hines. Willie Hines, who's who Danny, Willie Hines getting in the squad? Danny Cipriani. Well, I got, I got. There was a lot of people on Twitter had a pop at me when in the semi-final I mentioned to Willie Hines in my pre-match interview uh, on the pitch. I said a lot, a lot of people talking about Sippers. What, what about you for England then, Willie? You know, you still got that burning desire because I thought he's got a shout. And um, a load of people on Twitter sort of said, "What? Don't know what you're talking about." Oh dear, oh dear. That's why you get that, you uh, that big BT money, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Willie Hines is in there. Uh, Cipriani is called up, which was the one that got most of the yes. headlines. All the headlines, and Ollie Thorley got called up as well. Mm. So now, more interesting than the call-ups was actually the two players that dropped out. Yeah, which, were which was Marcus Smith, okay, uh, and his Harlequins teammate Kyle Sinclair. So there's a statement which said. Ooh. Yeah, it sounds ambiguous. It's it all was, ambiguous, isn't it? It was a weird statement, and then there's been a few things, nothing from the RFU that I've seen to clarify it, but a few people have clarified it. Um, I think Charlie Morgan and Alex, Alex Lowe. Alex Lowe, yeah. Yeah, I saw the, the Alex Lowe one. Um, but yeah, those two, there was a statement that said uh, their preparation would be better aided re- by returning to their yeah. club, which is an interesting, totally ambiguous, like almost deliberately misleading statement and yeah, pe- because you still go, oh, because that means his attitude's not right, especially when you were thinking about Carl Sinclair, you know, yeah. always the hothead returned, what's going on? People were speculating all sorts with Carl Sinclair that he's been... Crikey! It appears it may have just been a, ha- a slight hamstring tweak. Yes. Ooh. But then that does also raise questions because Mako and Cruis were brought into the squad with injuries yes. because it was felt that they would get better care and attention inside the England squad mm. then sat at home on their sofa. So to to drop Sinclair for that reason. It's interesting. Anyway, I I think it's... I think unless Sinclair has knocked out one of the coaches, he is so important for that England he squad. He is now, isn't he? Because they've not got huge depth at tight head prop. And he's a very good tight head prop. He, he is. He's a, he's a lion. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good all-round player. Providing you can keep him cool and calm on the pitch, which often he does bubble over, if you can get his head in the right place... He is vital. Yeah. So there was an article, uh, there's lots of articles about Danny Cipriani this uh, this week. 
And one of them was um, England coach offers Danny Cipriani World Cup lifeline. They've got that completely wrong way around. Danny Cipriani offers the World <laughs> Cup coach a, li- um, a lifeline. Here's a, well, here's a question from Tom Barton on Twitter to at Rugby Podcast. He said, Danny Cipriani being in the England squad is generating as much press as Burgess circa 2015. As much as I think he should be in the squad, I get the feeling all the media frenzy around it will create a massive distraction. Thoughts? Um... Never, I, I think there is a danger of that. I think, that, yeah. without a doubt, there is a danger of that. I think the problem is Eddie creates his own distractions. Like he's always messing about with the, with the players, calling people up, not making any sense, not playing the right scrum half at the right time. There's always drama around the England camp. Now, is it like Donald Trump style um, three, uh, like four D chess, create a load, load <laughs> of mayhem? Donald Trump style four D, yeah, four D chess. Um, you know, create a load <laughs> of mayhem. You don't know what he's going to do next. Just keep everyone on on their toes, or. Is it just genuinely not very good? And I tend to think it's the latter. Did you see the interview with him this week? Donald Trump or Eddie Jones? Uh, Eddie, Donald, Donald Eddie. Trump saying she's not my type. <laughs> <laughs> the Eddie Jones interview. Uh, I can't remember where it was. In the Times as well. But anyway, the Times podcast. Zippers. Yeah, he was talking around um, some of the kind of tricks he plays to keep players on their toes and keep media on their toes. Huh. And basically giving deliberately misleading information at times. Don Armand carrying in heavy traffic. He didn't. Re- he didn't specifically yeah. refer to that. But so this is more. So he was saying this kind of stuff. He also said um, to keep players and coaches on their toes. He will set up a training session, certain time and certain place, and then just not show up and see how they react. To I that would kind love. Of... I would love to pull that one uh, in my work. <laughs> Just not show up. Just not show up. It was a test. Yeah. I have had so, it where... So maybe he is playing that four-dimensional chess. Yeah. So I have had it actually in a rugby setup where the coaches said they weren't going to show up and then they did show up. So they did the opposite just to see what we would be getting up to. <laughs> Everyone's like... Or if anyone had ducked out. Yeah. Not, that, not, yeah. not that kind of thing. Um, half half the team are six cans deep at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we've all been sent back to our clubs with with hamstring injuries. Um <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I don't understand why it's beneficial. I mean, if this is beneficial, do you not think they would do it in other organisations? Maybe they do. I mean, have you ever seen it in work where someone just you know, calls a meeting and then doesn't show up or gives you well, d- deliberate yeah. or misleading information for your next project, building a hospital? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not. I, I, I've seen people being disruptive, deliberately disruptive and provocative. Yeah. Which that but, does... Sometimes yield results. Sometimes yield results. So, yeah, I can get on board with that. I don't to know. a degree. Mm. Part of me, when I first read it, part of me thought, is he trying to find a catch-all solution for some of the odd things to defend his players? Yeah, um, and defend the performance of the team at particular times. Last year, during downfall twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. and at particular times this year, namely the second halves against Wales and Scotland. Yeah. Monu- yeah, monumental disasters, both of them. Uh, oh, it's also been pointed out by uh, Sergeant Major on Twitter that uh, not only Mako and George Cruz, but Jack Knoll is in, has been in the England training camp. With ah. injury as well. Just, um, yeah. I wonder what they're going to do with Sipper's point. I mean, presumably well, let him run against the first team, I don't know. We'll see. Um, right, another another question that's come in. Um, and, and let's let's hop to Super Rugby for a second, where we have our finalists for mm. Super Rugby 2019. 
Um, and Scott Lucas asks, did the Haguares, who have reached their first final, uh, they reached their first semi-final last week, and but they, they won that, uh, did Haguares celebrate too much considering it was only a semi-final. If you check the changing room videos, it looks like they won the championship. They were going for it. They were very, very happy. And I know what he's saying, but no, no. I they were celebrating coming out of the dressing room. Yeah, before yeah. the game. Yeah. The yeah. atmosphere before the game. You've got to remember, this is, that, this is that, I mean, not wanting to stereotype too much, but this is that <laughs> South American passion. The playboys. These are playboys. Yeah, the Puma playboys, the Jaguares. But um, how, how good is it that they're in the final? I love it. I love it. It was a special performance by the Jaguars. Um I don't think they did celebrate too much because they are um, third year in the competition and they've gone from last to, well, at least second. Their rise has been incredible. Their performances have been incredible. Ominously for the World Cup year, if you're an England or France fan. Mm. Um, so I don't think so. Partly for that, also partly because... I give them little to no chance of beating the Crusaders, given that they've got six days to the final and at least 24 hours of that time is travelling. I fancy at them least, in Buenos Aires. I would. if So had the had my beloved Hurricanes won, mm. um, which they were very, very close to doing, if it weren't for a Luke Whitelock uh, knock-on slash penalty that wasn't given. But I'll come on to that in a minute. But had the Hurricanes been travelling to Buenos Aires... The Jaguar, Jaguars, Jaguars would have been clear favourites in my yeah, mind. Clear favourites. But I, I agree with you. It's going to go the way of the Crusaders. Travelling to the Crusaders. It's not going to go the way of the Crusaders. It is. It's not. The Jaguars are all going to batter them. Here you now believe you later. Exactly right. Six days and how many time zones? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, this one's, ri- it's a, it's this one's written, in, written in the stars. Uh, I, I have full faith in them. And they're bloody massive too. They are. It's, <laughs> it's not as if the uh, Crusaders with their pretty much entire New Zealand pack... Uh, all black pack bringing Luke Romano off the bench yeah, when uh, Sc- Scotty Barrett has a little niggle. Yeah, they it's are good. The Crusaders, I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now I'm going to back the Haguars all the way. As for the other semi final, uh, you, you're right. Crusaders would look really impressive. Just Lau Mappy is an absolute uh, animal. That guy. Lau Mappy. So this was a really, really interesting final. Um, uh, final semi final, and it, it's so frustrating that. The Hurricanes played so badly and such odd tactics early on in the game for the first 35 minutes. So, Bowden Barrett is not the best kicker at sticks in the world for a fly half. Nope. He is a very good kicker out of hand normally. A very yeah. intelligent, astute kicker out of hand. He kicked aimlessly and terribly and just gave possession to what is a very, very dangerous Crusaders back three and gave it away at, at really important times as well. So for the first first 35 minutes, it was 13-0. Um, Hurricanes weren't in the game. Fortunately for me and for the game, the Hurricanes changed that tactic and they scored just before half-time and just after half-time and it became a real game. Now, I did moan about the, the white lock hands in um, a second ago, but unfortunately there were more incidents that led to the Hurricanes' downfall particularly uh, Marshall not sliding on a ball that was Gruber kicked through, which led to uh, the easiest Munger try imaginable when um, Samuel Reese picked it up. And also, late on in that second half, when they were putting pressure on the Crusaders, and 
they don't press hard enough on Richie Munger, who makes a break. Him and George Bridge go 95 metres and almost score. But instead of Crusaders defending inside their own 22, Hurricanes are defending inside their own 22 because of a simple, just not chasing and not putting the man down. So Basics. There, there is that. There's the frustration of the final decision, but Hurricanes let themselves down too many times prior to that to make that the deciding factor, unfortunately. They're still going to lose to uh, Aguares. Uh, Aguares. It's going to be three in a row for Crusaders in my mind. As for, I mean, that was the, that was the high point of the week for Argentinian rugby. The low point is the rumoured, and I must stress it's rumoured, and I'm hopeful that it's going to be oh. a, a horrible, oh. horrible oh. fake a potential Argentina World Cup kit has been uh, unveiled. Uh, and, and let's get into oh, this week's strip advisor, um, <laughs> where, I, I mean, if if we were giving the Argentina, the, the rumoured Argentina away jersey, a strip advisor rating, it, I mean, I don't negative. know if it would be negative. It's, it's a war crime. That is, from, from their past kits, which are so good. How oh. do they get it so wrong? Just Argentina have the best, have had historically the best kits o- on average over time. I mean, every the odd France kit might be the best, the odd this, that, or the other, but Argentina are, are persistently right up there at the top. It's just don't change it. I don't yeah. know why. Why these teams and they 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 all do it. Why they think they need a new kit every well, six weeks? Why do you think? Beyond, I mean, why why they think they need? Because it? they're stupid. They're absolutely cash. stupid, right? Cash, cash, cash. The, the cash doesn't make, even make any sense because they're putting out strips so often. People don't want to buy the strip because they think, well, I'm not going to spend another eighty pound. Well, well, just behind yeah. you, that 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 one jersey. I managed to get the very last oh, Japan nice. World Cup jersey from 2015. I managed that to get that. I, I got that from Canterbury, the very last one. Um, because we went on about how gorgeous it was. They're, but there's a reason why it was the last one, because they totally sold out, because it's a beautiful kit. Yeah, Who like, is going to buy that Argentina away kit? If I that's have no idea. Change kit, if Psychopaths. that turns out to be their strip. So I will give you a bit of evidence, which hopefully suggests that it's not. I'll show you the two kits that they had, that Nike and Argentina had last year, okay. and tell me if these are not things of beauty. So the home strip... Is oh just gorgeous, just very simple, very Absolutely simple, gorgeous, yeah, beautifully perfect. fitting, then, actually perfect. I love o- it. Only bettered by the away strip. Oh, it's gorgeous. Is that the blue one? Yeah, it's excellent. Isn't it? Oh, I really is. And they yeah. are so so good. How could the collaboration that created those two magnificent? Ah, uh, they should be in a museum or something or yeah. an art gallery. Um, how can they create something that? If you go to at Rugby Podcast, you can see the travesty, the abomination that is the rumoured Argentina World Cup shirt. Mm. Uh, yeah, so my point is, if you'd never changed your shirt or changed it once every five years, someone might actually go out and buy it. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> I've been talking about this for God knows how long. I, I totally hear you. I, I do. You have been. Uh, so, uh, and as Argentina have proved in recent years, classic, simple is best. Mm. And France, in their World Cup kit, Let's move strip advisor on seen, to, to France. Front, well, have, have a look. There it is. I don't it, like that. It's, it's, it's just the, it's the bright royal blue. They haven't gone for the dark blue. They've gone for the bright kind of royal, the, the, the blue that yeah. I think of when I think of French rugby. They've changed their crest. I mean, the collar is, is, is kind of white um, and it's all blue and they've changed the crest. I used to like the, the white patch with the red cockerel inside. Or the red patch with the gold co- cockerel. Or the red, yeah, exactly. Mm. But, they've ju- but they've just gone for no patch. I like that. No shield, just a, just a, just getting, a red cockerel. We are getting to a stage now, aren't we, though, where 
there are too many things that need to go on rugby shirts. So everyone's struggling because you've got to have the World Rugby badge. But you've got to have that on right side of the chest. Yeah, you, your manufacturer's got to get on there. Uh, then you've got to get your the, actual crest. But the for the union, like, which for the spring box, where they have got multiple different badges. badges yeah. Just don't have enough room, just not enough real. Why can't they just make a badge, right, which has the, the flower thing and the deer thing together? Why can't they just do that rather than have like? Why, why can't the they have? On... Why can't they? Uh, why can't a sponsor sponsor the crest? That'd yeah, good. have like you know eight 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 betting written in the red cockerel. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the romance isn't dead. <laughs> so France have unveiled their kit. New Zealand have unveiled their kit. That's an amazing sh- kit. It's, it's a gorgeous kit. Yeah. I mean, now, I often think that the people that design the New Zealand kits are lazier than the people that that, <laughs> that designed the Porsche 911 right <laughs> but fair play to them I mean you, you've got to do something with this kit which has not been done before so they've had some awful gimmicks in the past the blackest ever kit that was which had, is two tones yeah black. yeah uh, a lot of grey on that one what was the other one uh, the strongest ever kit you couldn't you couldn't rip it which is a real <laughs> selling point uh, but this one looks amazing yeah this one I'm a big fan of this one uh now, what is the little thing? Is it is it ferns that it's got all over it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's simple. It's yeah. I, lo- I really like it. Really like it. So, um, I'm hoping that the Argentina ones are fake. Leinster. What, what oh was, my god. What, what did what was it? Leinster try have tried to do as their gimmicky. I, I was oh trying to god. watch the video. I let like, me, what let, let me like, see watching. if I can find this, this now. Because this is confusing. Uh, yeah. Ill thought through, ill advised. Like, this, to me, this is this. Here you know, back in the day, where like the dot com boom was in full flight, and people just didn't ask the right questions. They thought <laughs> didn't ask any questions. Yeah, like all oh, right, take my money. Yeah, like these kids on beanbags know exactly what they're doing. Let's not <laughs> le- like let's not sound stupid. <laughs> you can tell that the, Len- the the Leinster board have gone into a meeting with some with some hip social media bods. Like, yeah, we are out of our depth. Just hand hand over the whole sh- sh- shooting match to these guys. And that is what's happened. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's so. I'll play. I'll play a little snippet. Here we go. The electricity that fuels our province built this jersey. It pulls its color from our skies, never sleeping, only waiting to send shockwaves through those that come up against us. This is our signal to come alive when that shade of purple cloaks our cities and towns. This force that courses through the lands of Leinster now runs through the blueprint of this jersey with hoops that mean more. Everyone filled with 140 years of passion and pride. Can you feel it? Live rugby. Live the jersey. Live Leinster. Good God. That is is pure uh, BBC. uh, What's the name? Perfect Curve. So they've kind of got some sort of thunderbolty type things on it. Electricity, purple electricity drawn from the skies and when it surrounds their their big city. Who signed that off? I have no idea. And for how much? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I heard of a a shocking one today. A certain sports league is paying an ungodly amount of money for, um, for social media posts. Like an ungodly amount of money once every month. And you think... Who are these? Who are these con artists that managed to get all of this money out of sport? <laughs> Incredible stuff. Ah oh dear. Any well, other any other stash watch for this week? Uh, I'm tr- I don't think so. What stash watch as such? Sorry. Oh no, Gloucester uh, have changed their kit manufacturer ooh. to Oxen. Never heard of them. Which is a new foray into rugby union, but 
they haven't unveiled the kits yet. They've unveiled some training kit, but um, they I think they're like a s- subsidiary or part of the same company as X Blades. So yeah, like okay. northeast based. Not Raging and, Bull. No, no. I thought uh, that's what I thought as well. Might have been a little spin off of Raging Bull, but no. Okay. So watch out, watch well, out for a kit coming well, soon. It's not really a kit, but it's someone who is available who looks magnificent in a kit. Uh, do you know that Sergio Pre- uh, Sergio Parisi is now available to sign? He is for the for, for the right cost. Yeah, yeah, for, for an extremely high cost. Well, no thirty-five years old, salary, or th- salary cap situation. Okay. You, you know, talking about staff. Northampton. Huh? Northampton. I was thinking Bath. No, they have got Falatal Mercer. Yeah, Bath. North, Northampton yeah, but haven't it, replaced Pickamol, and they did very well with with Harrison as their kind of kind of only number eight. Yeah, he would be rather good actually. So I, yeah, either and, and, and an experienced head for a load of young guys, and they're handling distributing game that they're playing at the moment. Yeah, I could see, I could see. I don't want to. It would ruin Parise's legacy to see him do one of those tool station <laughs> celebrations <laughs> on Twitter, though. No, you just shouldn't <laughs> get that written into your contract, Parise. Do, do not do what, it. What tool would he have, though? I assume Parise. I mean, if he was to do one, would only have you know, like one of those watercolor palettes, and that'd be basically it. <laughs> Yeah, what could he do? Like maybe maybe if he was maybe if he was barbecuing something, but even though that would that would sully his reputation. There's no, it would have to be classy. I like the watercolor idea. You could yeah. have him like painting the roof ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good. That's a really good <laughs> shout. Actually, I'll go for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think Bath because you look great in that in that kit. He would do. He Bath. would. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're going to have him in a kit, Sergio Parise would have needed to have been in the Harlequins team when they had their 150th year anniversary. Yeah. Mm. I would not put Parise in that green change kit for Quins. Monstrosity, would, isn't it? That'd be a monstrosity. Um, but Bath, you're right. That would be good. So now, he, that is the right way to think about where the Sergio, where yeah. should Sergio Parise play. <laughs> <laughs> what kit would he look best in? So Parise, he will be 36 at the start of the season. So he's thirty-five now, thirty-six, in a and he'll be absent un- until the time. mid until the quarterfinals. He'll be absent until mid mm, October. October. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he just calls it a day. Actually, possibly, I, I would have thought he'd be able to get. It depends what he wants to do because he, God, he it is within his grasp to get the all-time cap record off Richie yep. McCaw. He's got oh, nine, uh, ten games to go to beat it. Which oh, you would. if he plays in the World Cup, you four would. games in the World Cup, five games in the six. Get to oh, 150, 150 Well, he gets to 99 if he gets to the final of the World Cup. No, no, no. He would, uh, he would, he would be... He would break Richie McCaw's record, I think, if they win the World Cup in the he, final. Doesn't need, he doesn't need to win the World Cup. He just needs to get there. No, to get to the oh, final. He yeah. could potentially do it if he plays the third-place playoff. <laughs> he needs a lofty goal yes. for Italy. So Italy would have to get to a semi-final, I think, for Sergio Parise to to equal or beat Richie McCall's record. And then he could retire. And then he could retire. It depends. So I but that's that, not happening. So uh, I think know. that would depend on whether any of the um, warm-up games are capped, oh, yes. full cap games. That's right. So I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh no, I think you're right. Actually, yeah. He's got ten to beat it. Mm. So there's seven in the World Cup final. So oh, if yeah. he has two or yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, capped games prior to that, which is possible. Mm. Interesting. So yeah, Parise. I th- I think he 
I think he should get another contract. I think he might be sensible to retire from international rugby. The thing is, like the money but. he can get in France. Yeah, if he retires from international rugby, or you know, he says to his new employer, "Look, I just want to do one more Six Nations, and then it's over." But like, what does it matter? Because he's only on, he'll probably be, only get a one-year contract anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. At that age, no one. Had, well, you'd be mad to offer him any more. Someone might give him year. two years. It'd be nice if he went to your beloved Benetton. That's a it? good idea. In the Champions Cup. I don't think he'd get in the team, though. <laughs> pretty, we're pretty stuck there. Um, anyone following this lead story? Um, briefly. So they, they flirted with significant financial issues over the past, well... Being, being wound up and shut down. A few seasons. It was, was a possibility. Yeah, it really was. Um, so they've come to... What's Sorry, called? not Leeds. Yorkshire, Yorkshire Carnegie. Yorkshire, Yorkshire Carnegie. Although the that'll work, call ourselves Yorkshire. Reading through yeah. some of the detail on this, at least one of their uh, stakeholders slash parent companies, I'm not quite sure of the structure, is called the Leeds Tykes um, Rugby Company Limited or something similar to that. You see, they wouldn't have gone into receivership if they all um, potentially wound up if they called themselves. What was that? What was a South African? What was the King's company called? Oh, the greatest Mega Supercorp. The greatest rugby company in the world ever limited. Yeah, whatever it was. PLC. PLC. Yeah, it was something like that for the uh, Southern Kings. But the, so they owe significant money. I think the last reports and accounts was in the millions, mm. uh, one or two million pounds. They have. Um, creditors who demand a significant amount of money immediately and rather than um, liquidation or administration, they have gone for, and they've got agreement with those creditors to go for a CVA, Company Voluntary Agreement, which means they agree to the level of debt that they're going to repay. So one of the numbers that was talked around for this agreement was half a million pounds. They will pay a percentage of that guarantee that those creditors will get a percentage of that and they can continue trading. Now, that is great. However... Well, not, not great if you're... Well, uh, well, not great if you're, uh, say, uh, and I have... Uh, and I have a... Well, nothing. Uh, if you're a, if you're <laughs> a player or a, or, a, or a potential coach or something who'd been offered a contract... Well... And then, decide, and then told your club, I'm leaving because I've been offered a contract, and then when you found out you were no longer having a contract now had nowhere to play or coach. Yeah, yes. That, that, that's not good. Nope. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of human cost in this that, that won't hit newspaper headlines. Well, that, that is exactly what I was going to go on to. Which the, the club will continue trading, for now at least. It will continue playing in the Green King IPA Championship. As far as I can tell, they have lost pretty much their entire squad and they're trying to rebuild at this stage in June oh with God. a new squad for games that will be kicking off in... Eight weeks, something like that. Well, there is good a, luck to them. There is a small lifeline, uh, allegedly uh, reported in the rugby paper today. Uh, Sale Sharks are interested in in Leeds, very interested in, in in Leeds. So expanding the expanding the setup, like Sale have for Sale FC, FC. Yeah, you know, you get, they get access to somewhere coaches. to park all their young players. Yeah, they, you know, and uh, if they can, because you're allowed twelve dual registered players, I think. Is that 10, right? Ten or twelve? I don't know. Well, that just basically gives them an option both sides of the Pennines. Then, well, yeah. well that, that's and one of the most advantageous things about Leeds is yeah. they've got the academy, yeah, and they've got the academy region that they can select players from. Yeah, so and that's what that's what sale. I think we can cast their net, and I'm sure 
Newcastle would have been thinking the same if they were in the Premier League. Sale already have yeah. probably the best academy in in the country. Probably, well, may, maybe behind Saracens. Uh, no, probably may, maybe behind the <laughs> however many British and Irish Lions and England probably, internationals. Probably the best in the UK, and it's only just get stronger. <laughs> in the UK, better than Leinster's. U- yeah. uh, well, that's, that's not UK. Oh stronger. no, not UK. You're quite right. <laughs> quite right. Quite right. Thank you, Phil. Phew. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how how they deal with that. Hmm. Uh, so we'll watch this space on that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah interesting bit of news there. Uh, Gatland is saying yes to everyone. Yes. Except England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Warren Gatland is going to be head coach back in New Zealand. Going the, back to Super Rugby for the Chiefs. The Waikato Chiefs or just the Chiefs as they're now called. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. I don't think it's a good, a particularly good move. I don't think his style of rugby will suit what, what Chiefs think want it, to do. Do you think it's a stepping stone to New Zealand? I don't know. Uh, he will look at it like that. I'm unless unless he is looking at it as a stepping like a stone huge. to retirement. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, well, it's, that, it's that's a stepping stone in one of those two things. I don't know what more he could have done. To, it's a huge step down to have got the New Zealand job this time round. It's a huge. Uh, like if you don't, like Warren Gatlin spends most of his time at home in New Zealand, like six months a year, like climbing, climbing a, ladders. Yeah, he's got a pretty nice life. <laughs> now he's going to give up all that to. Go and coach at Super Rugby, which is brutal. I know it's you know, well; it is brutal. The travel is just brutal. But it is only if, sixteen, seventeen weeks a year. I mean, if he's gonna, yeah, but if he was gonna do like, if he was gonna do like a stepping stone to retirement, he just wanted to, you know, a, you know, a little hobby, um, you know, whilst he winds down, he could have done like uh, one of the mighty ten teams or some, some some such thing. This feels like, yeah, he probably is looking for the all, yeah for the All Black job. That that's that's my read. Definitely. I just I don't think he should have to do it. It's either he gets it or he doesn't. I mean, can't believe, can't believe he's, he's probably the best coach, one of the best coaches ever. Like he shouldn't he shouldn't have to do anything. Well, <laughs> well, but like you say, there's it's sixteen weeks a year plus preseason and stuff. So there's a lot of people who said, how's he going to be able to prepare for the Lions if he's doing Super Rugby? Well, it's only four five months of the year. Yeah. Well, and also he's taking a full year off for that year. Yeah. So he has got a full year dedicated to Lions for preparation. Mm. So he'll be able to do even more scouting than when he was uh, coaching the Wales team yeah. and in New Zealand for half the time. So, so it could be it could be Chiefs to tide him over, Lions, New Zealand ready for the next World Cup. That could be that could be the process here. Yeah. Well, he's getting at Chiefs. I mean it can't be Wales money. He's like the one best coach. He's, he's had years of Wales money and Wasps money and, and Lions money. He's he's doing very well, thank oh, you. Oh yeah, he's yeah. doing great. And, I, he, and he's taking his exchange rate back. <laughs> yeah, but I wonder if it's, uh, like it's a bit of a marriage of convenience, maybe. You know, hey, look, we'll have you for two years, and then you go and do the lions, and you know, keep you can keep your eye on your game and so on and so forth. I wonder if he's going to use the cheat. I wonder how bit, he's going to play rugby. Bit of romance as well, from his point of view. It's where he started out. Yeah, but I can I can also see it's turning rather bad. As good as the Chiefs are, um, Chiefs. Um, Chiefs, Chiefs. Like, if he doesn't win, and it's ferociously Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Yeah, I know. Thieves, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Knives. Um, <laughs> yeah, like if he doesn't, if he doesn't start winning games instantly, and he's you know, and it's not going to be easy. Maybe he damages his reputation. Nah, I don't. I don't think he'll damage his reputation. I think he doesn't have to win it. He doesn't have, doesn't have to win the thing. He, the the Chiefs will always do well. They've got phenomenal uh, player pool and if he can just get them playing a slightly better brand of rugby get the players slightly closer together mm. 
they will be competing for the top. Who's his first signing? Uh, his son. Oh, <laughs> Bring Gatland, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Followed by uh, Alaman Jones. <laughs> I love it. Uh, love it. I'm not sure Alan Jones would fancy that uh, New Zealand money <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, travelling, yeah. doing that much travelling. No, thank you. Going to get beaten up by mutant South Africans and Haguaras. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm going to take a giant tangent and, and, and a question from Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Matt Cotton says, can we hear the wedding swing story again, please? <laughs> no, you can't. This is what the off-season is for. No, give, but give, I'll tell you what you can hear. Yeah, go on. So I was out well, in oh, do, do, do you want to give for any of our new listeners the, the, the abridged wedding swing story, which has become <laughs> Egg Chaser's legend? Uh, I might do. I'll tell you what I did Should last we... night instead. Okay. So last night. Oh, well, I, so the story is. Well, anyway, no, I'm not going to tell you the story. But the reason it's become Egg Chasers folklore is because JB did a podcast from a hospital bed. Yep. So we, and we heavy sedation. I think we should promise to tell that story in full, oh, not we'll the bridge version at the live show. Yeah. So last night, right? Good, good call. I was good um, call. podcastlive.com. I was in CDLC Club in Bar- in Barcelona. So I've only just got back in the country, and there's always something. Do you know when you're in these sort of clubs? You can always sort of tell that someone someone is a little bit different, you know. So, someone you, is chemically enhanced. No, no, like is, like is this like when you were different at the R. Kelly concert? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. No, no, just you know, there's something interesting about that person. So I'm looking at these looking at these two um, two, two girls. I'm like, where are you from? And um, anyway, it turns out I was absolutely correct. She's the daughter of the president of Serbia. <laughs> wow! <laughs> now that is a claim, or well, the ex-president of Serbia, I should say. See, you give me so much stick for mentioning like what players' wives are up to on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever, and you know the daughter of the president uh, look, they, of, I, when of Europe. There were two young girls spending far too much cash, and I was like, "Where, where are you from? What, you know, what, what is this story here?" So, oh yeah, yeah, my my dad used to be president of Serbia. <laughs> During the during the bad times, who knows? Didn't want to ask any more questions. Wow! At that point, you know, if you hear that, you don't. I would say this: you don't want to really be talking to the president of Serbia's, the ex-president of Serbia's daughter, let alone get on on her wrong side. So that was enough for me to say, uh, right, okay, goodbye. I went to uh, Montenegro. I think was it last summer. I think I went to Montenegro last summer, and I was chatting with someone who their grandfather grandfather yeah their grandfather was oh, what are they called they were the, they were the black something the resistance people who who shot archbishop oh black for, hand uh black hand yeah who, franz ferdinand who, who shot franz ferdinand and started world war one 
Wow. wow. And, he, and there was only, and he, he was, uh, Claim their, grandf- their grandfather was one of those guys that was there to assassinate Franz Ferdinand. Amazing. Which, yeah. Phenomenal story. So, but yeah, not the sort of people you were. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Tread carefully. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. And if, I mean, avoid hard partying Serbs is my, um, <laughs> <laughs> is my recommendation to anyone. <laughs> Wise words. <laughs> Um, right. Uh, oh, yeah. There's been this, there has been some other rugby going on. The um, do you see the, the the USA Eagles women's team absolutely hammered the Red Roses? No, did they? No, other way round. Other way round. Other way round. Sorry. Red Roses absolutely Red Roses hammered, hammered the, the USA, USA Eagles. Say one of those is a big story. Uh, it was thirty-eight five. It was. I, I watched the highlights. I think USA had the youngest ever capped player playing. I oh, think wow. knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So. Good performance by England. So this is quite interesting. It's the Super Series. Um, so it's the top five teams in the world all playing a yep. little, little round-robin tournament against each other. So England... Uh, San Diego as well, which should... Uh, which is cool. Uh, yeah, a cool place. So England comfortably beat USA. New Zealand, I wouldn't call it comfortable, but beat Canada two, three tries to two. There's there not a slight sense of the USA who's superb, and I can't remember her name. Uh, Kelter was playing there this weekend. Um, but yeah, good performance by England. Good performance by New Zealand. Uh, there's France in the tournament as well, who are a very handy team. Um, interesting thing. I went because the the two referees for these these two games were Joy Neville and Sarah Cox. Okay. Um, so I went to look. Ah, oh, I wonder if all the appointments are female referees. And I went onto the World Rugby appointments page, and. I don't like to assume anyone's gender, <laughs> but it does look like in every game all of the officials are women. That's weird. With the exception of the TMO in England versus New Zealand is called Dave. Dave. But uh, Dave Ardre, so, which uh, that might be man or woman. Again, I don't like want right? to judge. Is I think it's I think... in Scotland they've rolled back on the self-identification, so maybe that's not going to be a thing in rugby. Oh, good. Who knows? Well, the, 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 reason, the reason I don't like this, right... Is because surely a tournament of that stature should get not just women referees, but the best referees, the best referees available to them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, whatever. The the under twenties trophy is about to start in Brazil. This is something we're sort of linking this to the World Cup. It is a shame, and it's great to have the tier two nations there. It is a shame that their World Cup in exclusively a tier two sides never got through to a quarter final. Yeah, I think so. It depends if you count Tonga. We did Tonga, Japan Fiji. Fiji I think Japan had the most wins of any team yeah. not, not to qualify. Three, yeah. three wins in the last World Cup yes. and failed to qualify. Fantastic to, to see them there. It's a shame it ends and it would it would be nice like the Sevens to have sort of a continue a trophy competition or, or some, well, some, something Spain like that. Spain battered Uruguay. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I did, yeah. yeah. We mentioned that last week. Um, but the under, but the, in the under-20s tournament they have a tier, tier, like two. A tier two World Cup. Yeah. Which is about to start in Brazil. Starts next week in Brazil. And interestingly, for anyone north of the border, Scotland will be playing in that competition next year because they got relegated yeah. from the Tier 1 competition because they got hammered by Fiji in the oh dear. 12th place playoff, if you want to call it that, 11th place playoff. You're going to have to go looking for an uh, Eng- Englishman with a grandparent a little bit harder, <laughs> I think. Yep, well, they're pretty good at that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Olympic Sevens qualifiers are underway as well. Which is uh, going to be important because I mean that's a big shot window that yeah for, uh, yeah for, for, for national rugby it, it massive shot window for national rugby yeah 
And it's always interesting to see who, if anyone, converts. As in, 15s players who go and play 7s success- successfully, mm. like Leono Nakarawa and Tuisova. Joshua Tuisova did last time. Wait, when, when does this Rugby X event start? Is that the same weekend oh, as our yeah. podcast? No, so that is, I think it's when the um, knockout stage of the World Cup happen. Might be semi-final weekend. It's, it's that time, so late in October. And that's interesting, good to mention, JB, because the Barbarians have been announced. Oh, yeah. Which is not especially interesting in itself, but it could set a good precedent because something that we've long talked about would be how good would it be to have a Barbarians team in the World Cup? The World Cup proper. Yes. And a Barbarians team that once all the other... You have to select the squads slightly earlier. Yep. Once all the squads are selected, the Barbarians get to choose their 31-man squad from the leftovers and they get four to six weeks... I'd love it, you know. ...with them in, in proper preparation before the tournament. It'd be such. A, it'd be so good, and not only it's like that, the reverse lions almost. Yeah, yeah. kind of like, like you have is. players like I'm guessing Sergio Sergio Prese would, would be right up there. Who just wants to get to a semi? So it's like, look, I'm gonna. Re- Maybe they retire early. He's not that old. He's not having a. No, don't worry. I was gonna, I was <laughs> yeah. gonna go for a, an erectile dysfunction gag. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, so like he goes, like he retires early, or um, yeah, there's loads of things. There's. No, but the, I, I would hate that if if Sergio Parisi could yeah. play for Italy, retired, so he could play for no. That's no, not I wouldn't. I wouldn't like no, that's that. Not on. What, no, what I would like no. is the redemption story where yes. Danny Cipriani doesn't make it to the World Cup. Israel Flowers at fullback, not a knocks it. <laughs> wow, you could have Israel Flowers at fullback. You have Danny Cipriani in. You could have Charles Pietro on one wing. Yeah, you watch. You watch these uh, unions come groveling back to their players. Like, no, no, you, you <laughs> can actually play if you thought you'd see Charles Pietro and and Falau. I'm Danny Cipriani. It will it will never happen and Reece should. And, and scrum off. Yeah. It will never happen and, in my opinion, should never happen. But for a Rugby X event, great. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of with you, Tim. I think it's, I think it probably should never happen. But it's quite fun to talk about it. Co- communists will hate me for saying this, but I quite like nation states and borders and things. You know, it's a bit of st- oh. stickler. Everything all right, Jay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, fine. Welsh and elsewhere on Twitter, Gavin... Uh, it says, right, big question for you, gents. It's the burning issue of the day. Touch rugby, trainers and trainer socks or moulded studs and rugby socks? Uh, I have done, I would normally do moulded studs and rugby socks. I have actually done moulded studs and trainer socks. Pulled up or, or rolled down? If I'm if I'm wearing rugby socks, I'd pull them up. Yeah, I just want to say this. I, I don't, like Zach Mercer, fantastic player. He'd be so much better if he pulled his socks up. Yeah. Mm, don't know. Some people are allowed to do it, and you get a pass. Some players aren't. Chris Latham, the Australian fullback, was 100% allowed to do it. Yeah, yeah, but because but, he'd done it on the the biggest stage and made silky runs and yeah. 80 yard tries doing it. Yeah, yes. Jack Mercer's not yet earned the right. To it was do it. it was like when uh, when coloured boots were a, a new thing. If you were like a Zinzanbrook, all flair, all court kind of player, then you could pull off. If you now were, academy kids have them. Yeah, well, yeah, but if everyone you, has them. If you were just an up and down grunter in the second row wearing yeah. <laughs> turquoise boots, no, 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 no. <laughs> now it's a free for all, obviously. What was the question? Um, tra- uh, touch rugby trainers and trainer socks, or moulded studs and rugby socks. Defin- definitely not trainers. 
if you're playing touch rugby. No, absolutely not. What kind need, of psychopath is this? You need the grip. No, absolutely never trainers. I go mental with the lads who show up in trainers. Absolutely mental. Why would you show up to rugby in trainers? That makes no sense. Uh, although I don't mind trainer socks, i.e. the ones which don't even come past the ankle with with boots. I think that's quite Yeah, cool I can go for that. I do that occasionally. Fine. So bo- boots cool. in all circumstances. Always boots. Socks. Socks, you take your pick, but pull them up as high as they will physically go. Yeah, I yes. don't even I don't yeah. even wear moldies. I actually just go for full studs no matter what the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone makes a big song. That was my, it's just the same. I've played, on, I've played on some pitches where it, it is not safe to be wearing Yeah, and I studs. remember, so I used to do, believe it or not, I used to do uh, for the school, I, well, I used to, 400 metre with my distance, I used to do shot put and triple jump as well. Okay. But um, when I did triple jump, I'd wear spikes, but... I went to a county competition where it was a concrete track. <laughs> oh, I was running on no. a concrete, cron- concrete track in spikes. Hey, oh. We actually lived, and you wouldn't, you'd never know this, but we actually live right next to one of the best venues for athletics in, in the country. No one ever, no one ever shows up. Like we're, we're just outside of Long- Longford, like, Park. Longford Park. Loads, yeah, loads of kids sports days. Is there? I used to go training there. Did you? When I was Good. when I was playing, I used to train there. There's a little bowl outside. Um, just out, you you can just like put. Uh, well, they just say suggested donation a quid just to use the track. Yeah, it's meant to be a lightning fast track, and you get all these world class athletes coming. And just no one goes goes to watch. I, I wonder if they use the Etihad now though. Maybe, maybe they do. I've no idea. But you're Interesting. right. <laughs> um, if there was a rugby version of Space Jam, whose skills would? The Monstars steal, says Matt Hardy on Twitter. Oh my god, I don't even know what that question means. Basically, it's just they, they 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 assimilate the the best skills of the of the best players. Well, actually, the the opposite way to look at this isn't it? Because doesn't Michael Jordan take them down? Because he'd in Space Jam hadn't he retired to or started playing baseball, so they couldn't steal. They didn't steal his skills, and then he comes back to play basketball. Yes. Wow. So, so the answer, the answer to the question, or the best way of asking this question, is not uh, who do they steal? Who would be the best person to beat the combination of all the best? So, how players does Michael ah. Jordan win Space Jam in the end? Yes. Yeah. Spoiler, Spoiler alert! alert. <laughs> uh oh, he's only twenty-five years old. Oh God, it's like Ross Kemp, Kemp in Afghanistan all over again. <laughs> um. So who? So basically, who's the best all-round player? Yes. That isn't. That's my that, that isn't the best at any one thing. Sergio Prusse, probably. No, you've never mentioned him eight times. Not a bad shout. Would certainly up to about two years ago. Although kick. every time I've said he's passed it, he yeah. keeps on performing kick, amazingly. Kick, pass, offload, carry, defend. Kieran Reid would be good. Kieran Reid's up Valetau there. Valatau would be very good. Just list list the world class number eights, and you'll probably have your own little um, little list there. Yeah. Um, Matt Hardy also says, "Is a hot dog a sandwich? If not, why not?" It's a good Great question. question. It's a, it's a, it's a I mean, question. it's. No, a burger's not a sandwich, so therefore a hot dog isn't. Hmm. But the difference is that like, a burger has the... Two, I was going to separate... say, the, bre- the bread's connected yeah. with a hot dog, and that might be the, the so, difference. But then the same... But then the, a burger, the bread is not connected. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to lose no sleep over this whatsoever. <laughs> Zero. I'm going to say it is not a sandwich because the bread's not connected. I'm with you, Tim. Interesting. Or are you saying it is no, a sandwich, no, because, even but, though but, the bread... But that means by that definition, you're saying a burger is a sandwich. Are you happy with that? Uh, chicken McSandwich, McChicken sandwich. Yeah, sandwich. I'm happy with that. All right, fine. So you sort it through. There you go. So <laughs> pull that bread fully apart and put the hot dog right in the middle of 
each of yeah, half but of to do that, you have to slice bun. your hot dog really. Otherwise, your bread's going to kind of pither on the hot dog. Next yeah. question. And the onions are all over the shop. Uh, yeah, unless you've got some onions for structural integrity, evenly balanced on each side. You can take the quantity surveyor off the yeah. building site. <laughs> <laughs> next question. Uh, next question. Oh, hold on. There's so many. Um, Would it be a sausage sandwich oh, right, yeah. then? James, they exist. James Hoggerth, this is one for JB, um, says... Will Mora couple up with Denon, and how quickly will Anna pile oh, off Jordan so for I'm Ovi? Out, so I'm out of the game completely at the moment. So I've missed three three episodes of Love Island, so I I couldn't tell you. But I'm looking forward to getting in, getting into it tonight. Okay. Um, our Barbarian side in the World Cup. We've done that. Do you honestly enjoy the Brendan Schaub stand up? Where was that from? Did you mention that? Long, long, long story. What's going on there? But yeah. Okay. I don't know who that is, so no. Um, Cipriani, the Rapid Rugby, the, uh, fine, no, uh, oh right, here's a question, just just a bit of a, it's kind of, a, this will fill the void of no quiz this week, CC Payne has tweeted us at Rugby Podcast and said, how many ex-Canadian players can you name without looking them up on the web? A great question. We were talking about this just last week, actually, One, or two weeks ago. Two, three, Just say them out loud. Four. Five. Gareth Reese. I wouldn't have got him. He was like the the original. He was like their big name player when they were f- actually really good okay. in the World Cup in the early nineties. Um, so I'd go Rod Snow, Dan Rod Barr, um, Al Sharon. Is he one? Is Al Sharon. Like, yeah. Uh, um, Al Sharon. Is he not the Israeli? Yeah, Prime yeah, Minister? yeah. That's why I, I always have to just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daryl Lot. No, he's a Australian. Evan Olmsted. Olmstead. Well, he's. Are we saying ex? Oh, so just, he, he did say ex-Canadian players. Can you? Does name? that mean oh, they think, used to be Canadian? Does he mean Canadian ex-players? I think. I think. Let's just say Canadian players. Canadian players. Dth Van der Merwe. Yeah. Okay. Um, the I've forgotten uh, his name now. This come off <laughs> who played at Stade Francais for a long time. Mm. Shock of blonde hair. Him. Very very good. Is Darryl, um, Kieran Hearn. Darrell Lockheed. Kieran Hearn's a good one. Is, is um, one? That that brings James, about a centre. Yeah, the, the played at Tigers as well. I oh, think. wasn't there a Winston Stanley? Winston Stanley, yeah, Winston good Stanley. one. Stanley, that's he was the one. A, um, outside James Pritchard and Mike Pike, oh, two good. fullbacks, very good. Uh, James Pritchard played for a long time for Bedford, didn't he? Yeah, played in against the championship. Him a few he times played at, against him. Uh, yeah, there's one more Bedford. That I'm missing. There's an Australian. Well, really. There's one obvious one that I'm giving. Cuddles, yeah, Cuddles. I didn't want to steal Phil's thunder. Norm Hadley as well. What's happened? Very good. Norm Hadley. Norm Hadley was. Enormous. What has happened to, to Canadian rugby? It's a that great, is a, uh, is a is great a question. question. That, that could be a spin-off question. pod all in its own. Yeah, could yeah. do a deep dive on uh, on some of the tier two nations. In fact, we should do we should do the old tier two pod in the build up to the World Cup. Yeah, we should do mostly about Spain and how and uh, how how they should be cheated. <laughs> <laughs> Cheating Romania. and rugby Europe and the rugby Europe establishment. <laughs> um. No, that's fine. I think we've ticked off most of the questions. If I've missed, uh, there's a few. No, do you know what? I'm going to say that's all the questions done. What What else is um is on our? There's nothing else on our list, gents. Good. Let's go. Actually, ticked world everything. Oh no, the world World Rugby Law Review, the Independent oh, on, Law Phil. Review. Please group. God, I, no. I don't know what this is. So, in in a nutshell, what's what's going on? So on Friday, let me just get there. We go. <laughs> um, JB is so into this. Hates law reviews. <laughs> Um, so on Thursday, Friday, there was a meeting. Of, take, take your time, by the way, Phil. Yeah, JV's really, really, loving this. Really dragged this out. 
So there was a meeting of um, players, coaches, ex-players, rugby doctors, and some independent experts, sports, Can I say, sports all the, scientists. All the people. If I could get all all people in a room who I don't want making the laws for me, it would be that list of people. What? Sports scientists, doctors, ex-players. No. Players. Nope. Players, coaches. Um, oh, if, if lower level players, lower level coaches, <laughs> and a couple of fifteen-year-old boys who are <laughs> yeah, and maybe a rugby league fan or something like that. So, you know, something. Yeah, fans. You want fans, ex-players, ex-coaches. Not particular. I mean, they just oh, right. Go on. So. They were considering. How did we get the right outcome? They were considering experimental law variations or discussing potential experimental law variations that can seek to minimise injuries, mm-hmm. um, not specifically concussions, but all injuries, without uh, materially impacting the game. Impossible. So that's that's the yeah. Well, some of the some of the changes that they have made over the past few years have actually made the game better, not necessarily saying they've, they've yes. reduced, reduced uh, injuries. I, I don't but. mind that, but I think that the key word there, which some people seem to miss, is minimise. Because what what we need to what we need to get past, and this is, I, I need to not get stuck into this when it happens, um, usually trying to, you know, be, a, be an old man shout, yelling at the clouds at, yeah. all, at all the idiots get going absolutely off their nut about a, 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 something that should have been a red card. But... You can, you of course, you can. Of course, it's possible to minimise because there is a there is a level which is lower than another level. I just think we, but but there will always be injuries. That it, it is a dangerous it's game. A dangerous that's game. why we play it's it. A, that's yeah. why we love it. That's it's why a we watch it. Like hundred and fifty year old game. Like you know, we don't need to change it that much. It's been yeah. around for hundred and fifty years. D- if you don't like dangerous games, go and watch another sport. Yeah, this is a dangerous game, and everyone that plays it. We should own it. it. We should be like, yeah. Basically, you need we we need a Dana White type person. Who would say is it's a dangerous spot? What did you think you were coming to watch? And then leave it at that. Yeah. So it will never stop being a dangerous game in my mind, uh, because the right yeah, people, the right people are looking at this kind of yes. stuff. In my opinion. Mm. Yeah. So there was there were six um, proposals. Three of them have been approved for trials, so it might go through to Varsity Cup or Mighty Cup or yeah, yeah. Um, the championship French Cup. pro de de yeah something like that and they are trying to get experimental laws done in the pro de de well they're doing that this year no two man tackles yes oh uh, I mean that seems it's, it's ridiculous crackers. I actually thought that was a joke no yeah. I thought it was a joke no that's happening that uh, how do you how do you get dominant collisions <laughs> against big men how do you decide who's going to tackle him so if Tim runs between me and you, do we both just do I just assume you're tackling to your left? I guess I, you would have to. I tackle you? to my left, and it's a nightmare. It's I, a nightmare. That, it's... that is going to be a disaster. That yeah. is so ill-conceived. Everyone the the so... unintended consequences of that will be enormous. It's, that's just not well thought through. No. That's what happens when you let experts meddle with things. No, uh, uh, French experts. Yeah, no, no, no. That's just the context. It's, it, this has come from. This has come from the top, but that's the co- that's the place that they're trialing it. I guess we would all tackle to our left. Yeah, we. That's just the rule. You always tackle to your left. Yeah. Well, players, so then, players will end up looking like um, so those you, arm wrestlers right with one massive arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're on the right huge. wing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> You've got. I mean, ambi- you need one guy who can tackle both sides. Well, no, but that's 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 where you can hide your your really bad tackler. Yeah, Danny Cipriani on the right wing. I guess 
You'd have a call then. No, other wing. Uh, uh, left wing. But you're still going to have to tackle to his left on the left so wing. So I guess... It's on the right you... wing, you have to tackle to your left and your right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you need to be better tackler. Mm, yeah. So I would say, right, that you now need to be communicating better. So you need to be shouting, I don't know, maybe left shoulders up or right shoulders up, meaning that we're going left or right, depending on where we are right, in the pitch position. So on your defensive set... I wonder how you exploit that as, a, as an, I mean, obviously... As an attacking team, you just a, you look for penalties by running off nine every time. Oh, you run off yeah. nine every time and into what, two men. Defend, defending a rook at, on your try line. It's going to be a nightmare. And you get, you get bigger, you get those huge French guys what run is... it, running straight at one four. You get your big 130 <clears throat> kilo Samoan prop taking a massive run up at, one, uh, at the defensive line. What a ridiculous line. idea. Anyway, well, what are the anyway, law variations? Sorry, so, Phil. so the three that have been approved for closed trials are the fifty twenty two kick. Okay, which works I like that. Very I like sim- that. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. Anyway, so that, it works very similar to rugby league. If you kick from your own half and it bounces and then goes into the out of the pl- field of play in the opposition's twenty two, you retain the ball. And the rationale for this is the defending team is going to have to drop more men back and create more space in the defensive line, create a more open game. So, right. it's, not, so it's not that we will see lots of 50-22s. It will be the that threat the, of them. the threat yeah. of them will mean there's more space. The threat is too great. Well, yeah. then, and Lee Harpenny gets a lot more money because you, you know, you can defend him on, on his own. <laughs> yeah, just one guy. Like Lee Harpenny. And if you could have two Lee Harpennies, <laughs> you, you would be really, really cooking with gas. Mm. Oh, but, but, that, but that might be the consequence that you... It might, it might bring about those intelligent but maybe less gas electric back three players. Might, yeah, the guys that are quick of mind rather than because like Eddie Jones for example is going for an ultra fast back three. But maybe you'd have to be more of a Lee Halfpenny type. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Or although, or Mike Brown. Yeah. Although someone Mike Brown and Lee Halfpenny. Someone like Cheslin Colby. If there's more space in the defensive line elsewhere on the pitch. Yeah. That's quite exciting. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That's what it's a trade-off. That's a chess match. So that that's one. I like that. The fact, that, yeah, the fact that those conversations, yeah, yeah, it, it's creating more strategy in the game, which is great. Um, the, so one of the other ones is the ability to review a yellow card when a player has been sent to the sim bin. So upgrade it to red. So yeah, you can only looking at that. I don't think there'd be the ability to downgrade it, and if you spent no. two minutes off, no. you can come back I on. Don't like that. But we, but those ones where it's borderline, you can say, look, it's, it's, it's a minimum on. yellow. He's in the bin. Review it and let me know. Yeah, the game goes faster. Happy with that. Although, no. if you were watching a game and there was a decision over a yellow or red card going on, wouldn't you want to see that thought process and what's happening? Yeah, I. If you're. If you're in, because what you can do on TV is you can have like a little subset. You could um, keep the dialogue from the the TMO going, but if you're in the in the ground, you would definitely lose that because they're not going to be showing the replays on the big screen because no one's going to be watching the action. No, but I'm not going to be watching the action either. I'm listening to the TMO and what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, I don't mind the idea. It'd be interesting to see how imagine, it actually works. Um, yeah. Imagine World Cup semi final, and. Sam Warburton gets that red card, but he's actually got a yellow card. And then you try to work out, is the captain going to get a red card or a no. yellow card? And we're all trying to play rugby. You're just dragging the pain of that decision, yeah. which is not going to be a good decision to make. Nope. Anyway, the, the third one that's been approved is as simple as seeking a way to reduce the tackle height to the waist. Right. So 
They've not said how that's going to be done, but they're going to have trials into how they can seek to reduce the tackle height to you the waist. Yeah. You can't. Tell me then. Nor should you, because a hit into the solar plexus is where is like the most dominant rugby hits will happen. Yeah, it can't be them. And 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 they're perfectly safe. Well, yeah. well, well, they're as safe as <coughs> well, no, they're, they're as safe as a safe large as man a... hitting you in the solar plexus is ever going to be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, what was that one? It was people went absolutely out of their minds over a Wales fullback in the under twenties World Cup. Oh, getting the hit New Zealand when the New Zealand guy was bent at ninety degrees at the waist, and I seem to remember this made made some sort of it, it, glancing it was, it was a few weeks gl- ago. glancing contact yeah. shoulder onto head. And it was it was given a yellow card. Yeah, people I went absolutely off their heads. I I wasn't happy with the referee the referee's no. interpretation of the laws in that regard. But yeah, so well, th- th- those are the three. Okay, those those have been approved for trials. We don't know any more details than that. Fine, fine, good, right. Oh, you well, relatively enjoyed that law. There you go. Station thing it wasn't yeah. terrible. <laughs> not terrible yeah. uh, we, can, we put, can, we, can we put that on a poster for the live pod not so, hey, and egg chasers to... not what? terrible <laughs> but from their own mouths <laughs> uh, also if you want to come to the egg chasers live show wear one of our tops well if you can still get them because they're selling so fast at the moment and if you do you also get yourself a rugby tie as well you get a free tie if you get the uh, merino one merino wool keeps yeah. calling that in the heat Yep. And then if it gets chilly, come uh, live podcast time, 7th of September, it will keep you warm. Exactly right. So akumashops.com forward slash egg chasers. Correct. Podcastlive.com for your live show tickets for our podcast, along with all the other rugby podcasts that are there for that that, that festival of rugby. Obviously the Rock, sir. The Rock from The Times, Brian Moore's podcast, Will Greenwood from Sky Sports. Q um, commentator. Q commentator, Nick Heath, Nick Heath. And, and Rory Lawson, I think, is going to be his guest on that oh, one, awesome. who is also part of Rory Lawson, is also going to be there as part of the Under the Sticks podcast, which is the Pro 14 um, slanted one. That's there up. may well be other, I think there's. I think there might be some other things to mention. We've certainly got some things up our sleeve, uh, which we're working on for the podcast. It'll be a great day, uh, a way to usher in the rugby. We know there's going to be boys from Aylesbury Rugby Club there that have, that have signed up this week. Uh, Good lads. Some other people. Uh, Tom English, I think, um, was one of the people on Twitter that that sent a picture of his. Ticket. Tom English, the writer. No, no, no. Maybe not Tom English. I'm thinking of someone else. Someone sent me a picture of sent Isn't us a picture. Tom English, a Melbourne Rebel, Melbourne Rebels back as well. Uh, Tom English wrote the amazing book, The Grudge. I think. Yeah. It's ironic because it's about England, Scotland, and he's a Scottish sports writer. Yeah, Tom he's, he's uh, an outside back for Melbourne Rebels as well. Oh, there we are. God, he gets around. Yeah, yeah. Better so, play for um, the lad. yes. So, uh, and you know, we're going to be down in Twickenham, in the home of rugby. I, I imagine there'll be tickets for sale for England v Italy the night before. If you, so that's on the is that the Friday that's night? The then? Friday night, Ooh. and then the the day of podcasting at Twickenham starts the next morning. So the, the real event. Yeah. Excellent. So it's the day that England fly out to Japan. We're doing the podcast. So couldn't it be time better? We hope to see you there. Podcastlive dot com. Rugby podcast at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. There's a little link and all the information and where you can follow us, subscribe, tell your mates about the podcast. We are the only rugby podcast going right through the summer. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 